bit about that last week. And so grab it and hold on to it and embrace it. Uh, I just found out that I will be having open-heart surgery in October. I have a diseased aortic valve. And you know what? I'm excited about that. I, I am excited about that because I know that God is going to make me whole. Now, whether he does it on his own or through my doctors, he is going to bless me because I have perfect peace. I have perfect peace. And no matter what you're going through, whatever it is you're facing, see God's favor in it and have his peace because it's always there. He doesn't give it and take it away. It's always there. So I don't know when, but it looks like I have to have a few more tests, but it will probably be sometime in October. And I'm so grateful because <laughs> no more falls, no more trips, no more falls. Uh, <laughs> I'll be able to do the things that I was able to do a year ago, like run four, four miles a day, which I can't do anymore. But you know what? I'm so grateful that there's going to be a new norm here. Because, you know, when these things come along, they're not meant to disrupt us or distract us, but they're meant to make us better, to make us stronger. And I just pray that all of you can feel that favor and grab it and love it and embrace it because our God is a God of everything, a God of plenty. And so I thank you. And I do ask for your prayers because, again, I have perfect peace. Everything's going to be good. And uh, I'm going to be a different person, a better person, after I have this. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that I have your peace. I have your favor. And, Lord, you've given me your the faith that I can have, the trust in you, whether you heal me or whether the doctors heal me completely. I'm going to be better. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Bring it on, bring it on. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. We declare healing and divine health over his body from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet, God. Let your anointing come, Father, of healing. We, we submit to your healing grace and your healing power to come upon his body. On this aorta valve and any, any, of, any of the arteries or any of the blood vessels that are going to his heart, Lord, we do declare along with him and agree that this is going to be a new norm all a new normal for norm today and so we pray for his health between now and then and god we are believing for a divine creative miracle lord you'll be doing the test you do whatever you choose to do your will your will in jesus name amen amen thank you now you all got to be a part of what god is doing do you see when you reach in when you bless you get to be part 
because he lives in you. Christ is in you, the hope of glory, and it's coming forth. Here, please read it. Hallelujah. Any more testimonies? Oh, come on, Pam. Yeah. I hope we say this right, but we, you know, let God, you know, work through you. The, um, the fires, the trials, the tribulations come to burn that dross off. And in the moment, if sometimes we don't like it and we want to crawl off shelves, but everything that God has brought to me and to each of us is to refine us so that we are conformed to the image of his son. And I'm not sure if anyone else has given me confirmation regarding our mouths, but the latest scripture that the Lord has given to me, and I can't quote it exactly, um, but it's a scripture that says, he who keepeth his mouth keepeth his life. He that openeth wide his lips shall reap destruction. That's a doctor. It's God. <laughs> Amen. All of these situations that we're experiencing, they're not failures. They are not failures. They're here because God is going to show us how he's going to bless us and touch us. And like I say, we're going to be better for it and stronger for it. So when these little trials and tribulations, whatever you want to call them, come along, you haven't failed because God never fails. Keep that in mind and seek his favor. Hallelujah, everybody. Um, I just wanted to say thank you for praying for Vivian um, with the testimony that I gave um, last week. She has been, oh, so she's from Jamaica, and I met her um, at the airport, and it was a God with a God appointment. We sat there for hours and talked, and I felt like I knew her all my life. I really did. Um, so the other night we talked for one hour. Um, we sing together. We pray together. And when she prays, I, this is what I want to share, um, is that she declares. She, when she prays, she doesn't just pray. You know, do you see? No, 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 no. She prays down heaven. I mean, she just really declares. And I said, God, teach me to pray like that so that I have that power and that empowerment um, from 
God, but we just need to declare over one another, and that taught me. So I just wanted to share that. Who's out there? Belinda, Father, we just ask you, because we know that you're inside of her. Father, you orchestrate her days. The word says, Father, you orchestrate our footsteps. Belinda, we're speaking right now in the realm of the spirit to you. Be awakened in your spirit, man. Be aware of what's taking place and being sensitive in the realm of the spirit. But also know that God is sending you and using you in all the relationships in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He just told us her testimony, and we've been praying for him. Amen. And we're seeing the evidence of God's hand. Isn't that awesome? Hallelujah. Any more testimonies? Because Kathy's going to finalize with her testimony, and then we're just going to bless the food, and we're going to go right over. Okay? Shake out your booty. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Whoop, over there, Jeanette. Yes. 1,800 pounds. That's just from this morning and yesterday. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. Pray for the young man who's doing the yard work around here, Kevin. Uh, I've asked him to come down and be uh, getting some food, so I'm hoping we're going to see him here this morning as well. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Um, I have to use this for my testimony here this morning. <laughs> um, Father, thank you. Guide my mouth. Help me. Lord, I never know what you're going to do uh, when I get up here. But, Father, I surrender my heart, my will, my words to you. And may your word be deeply implanted. Father, for anyone who decided to walk out of the room, Lord, I know that you have impartation here, and you are planting seeds that is for this season, Lord, to bear fruit. And so, it is with a heavy heart on that aspect of my heart. But God, I pray for your mercy and your grace to be upon us, as well as your favor and your blessing. In Jesus' name. Um, many of you know that uh, many of you know that I have been ill since uh, October fifteenth, two days after Teresa Tabernacles last year. I was assaulted with an illness that was just a regular old virus uh, that I picked up from somebody or something during the feast. Um, I figured it was because I was pretty physically exhausted from all the preparation and the things that we do. <coughs> After that, it wouldn't go away. It wouldn't go away. It became pneumonia. I took so many antibiotics, you can't imagine. I didn't come in here and tell you everything that was going on with me. Why? Because I didn't want you to go into places and start divine, you know, imagining vain imaginations. I told people that have faith. Because some people, when you get as sick as I was this year, would say, um, what sin caused this? Let me tell you, when you get sick like I was this year, 
believe me, the first thing you're doing, I don't know about you, but the first thing I do is take inventory. If something's going wrong, is there something that I've opened a door to? And I can't go beyond what God will reveal to me. Do you understand? So that's what David prayed when he said, Search my heart, O God, and see if there be any sin in me. I don't know that there is, but if you've got something that you're upset about, let me know. I continued to be sick. I was so sick I couldn't get out of bed. Pastor knows this. My muscles got weak. I went to specialists. They kept sending me to specialists upon specialists. I wound up with a lung specialist who's a great doctor, and he helped me two, two and a half years ago when I was assaulted with some uh, 40 blood clots because of a drug that I was taking. I said 40 blood clots in my lungs. They didn't expect me to live, but I was miraculously healed about two and a half weeks after I got out of the hospital. What they told me was going to be a two and a half year recovery if I survived. That's a different story. So this same guy was treating me. They took sputum tests because, believe me, I was coughing up. This is gross, but this is the truth. I was coughing up a cup and a half of green chunks every day. I coughed over 100 to 150 times or 200 times a day for months. I would come in here hyped up with every kind of a nasal spray and every kind of a cough suppressant that they gave me in order to get on a plane so they didn't stop me from getting on a plane. They have some stuff that will numb it up and keep you from doing it. I went to Israel with those drugs. I took, under doctor's orders, NyQuil every night from October 24 until recently so I could sleep. I'm only telling you now how bad it was because of what I'm about to reveal to you. I wasn't going to go on with the negativity of the symptoms. I knew this was unto death, that the enemy wanted to put me out once again. But I have got to learn to war, and I have got to learn how to move into the places that no weapon formed against me will prosper. So only a handful knew what we were going through. This man prayed constantly, and many of you did pray for me, and I appreciate it. Because part of our prayers... God answers prayer. No, in the face of not seeing results and having constant negativity, I would get up every morning and I would say, I am blessed and highly favored of the Lord. No weapon formed against me will prosper. In December, with no answers, the doctors hadn't. They said, we can't keep giving you antibiotics. They, it seems to not be doing any good. They put in, I have had enough antibiotics to put down any bacteria in the world, except some. I <coughs> stopped taking them. They just didn't know. They sent me to an ear, nose, and throat specialist. They sent me to allergist specialists. They told me to try this and that at my house. 
They took me off any drugs I was taking to make sure I wasn't developing some kind of an allergy to it. Um, this went on and on. I didn't, I didn't bore you with all these details. I tried to show up here every Sunday and every time I was demanded to in faith and with as much of a smile on my face as I could derive. Do you hear me? I knew if I opened up to a pity party, I was done. I mean it. I knew if I even gave in to that for 20 minutes. But let me tell you, there were days it was exhausting. I just didn't know what was going to happen. Didn't know. And Lonnie was doing all of my job to boot. So then we come to December, and God gives me a prophetic word, and he tells me to take a seat. Take a seat. Take a seat. He later revealed to me that was I had taken, I had stepped aside from my seat of authority. Because when I'm in warfare like this, it only brings more when I operate in the prophetic call upon my life. And I was afraid that this had stirred it up because I went out and told my testimony and ministered prophetically in September. I'm just telling you the truth. See, I was getting into my mind. I was getting into my carnal thinking. I was letting the enemy plant little seeds of doubt about my commitment to speak the word of God. And this woman talks about somebody praying and calling down holy fire. Those of you who have prayed with me, I like that kind of prayer. The enemy doesn't like that kind of prayer. It changes things. It's a breaker anointing. It breaks things through. But I need people to cover me in prayer. I need people that will come out on side and pray. In December, I took that word. I started seeking the Lord, and God gave me the revelation of a ministry that's been ministering on the courts of heaven. I started studying that, plus everything that God has revealed to me or is in our Bible school. We met with the elders. We submitted ourselves in February. We went away for 48 hours, fasting and prayer to see things broken, if there's any curses, if there's any way. The word of God says that the devil goes before the throne of God every day accusing you. Beth, I would like to see the people that went on the other side to come over here. I would like to see the people that went to the other side to come back in here, please. I'll talk to you about it later. The food, I want to talk to you. Without food, you won't survive. Without water, you won't survive. But Jesus said, man doesn't live by bread alone. And honey, sometimes he's cooking up bread from heaven that's more important than the raw fruit of it. And today is a day like that. Are you hearing me? You can't live without bread from heaven. You will not function spiritually in wholeness and health in the realm of the spirit without bread from heaven. You won't function without bread from heaven. You will go around as a soulish Christian 
you'll be talking about God without the power from God. You hear me? We can pray all we want to, but if you're not praying in the word and with the bread of heaven, you won't have the power for where God is leading us in this season. This is a season. We are preparing for a Feast of Tabernacles like none other. Count on the enemy coming to discourage you. Count on the enemy to come and attack you. Count on the enemy to come and try to get you offended. That's offense is the bait of Satan to destroy you and take you away. It is the bait of Satan, offense. Don't you bite the bait. Lonnie puts out bait for the mice that get in my house and start doing damage. And they take the bait, and guess what? They die. They're gone. Come on. Don't take the bait of Satan, which is offense. And I've seen it coming up and popping up here for the past few months. God has done a marvelous work in the house of God here over the last four years to bring the love of God and a spirit of unity like I've never seen. People say, Kathy and Lonnie, we've got a church down here. There's 500 people. If you leave that area, you can still, you've got it. You can grow a church. I said, I wouldn't leave if there was only 20 people here. I said, you have no idea about the unity and the true love of God that he has labored with in the heart. I said, he's removed anybody that didn't want to love like that. He got rid of the hidden race. I said, I don't care about numbers. I care about unity. And I care about love. I I don't have all that judgment stuff in my church where I go. God has built the church. This is his church, and he's happy with it. I'm not going somewhere where there's 500 people. I'm sorry. I'm called to this. And he let me not die before I saw it, that I could see it supernaturally possible. And I prophesy that his love will continue to manifest in this place. Don't take the bait of Satan. Don't be fooled. And don't be foolish. Okay, back to my testimony. We went for ministry. We got deliverance. We confessed things. All the leadership of this house confessed things from, that we'd already confessed from as far back as we could remember. And we didn't just say sexual sins. Are you how, how, we called the sin what it was. Don't forgive me for sexual sins. We called it what it was. Come on. We weren't messing with God. We were desperate for a breakthrough. Breakthrough. A breakthrough. We had to have more than what we have now for where God is leading us. And he met us. And we went before the judge, the ancient of days, and the God of the ages, and the one who said, I am, and I am the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We went before the courts of heaven, and we asked for the enemy to be silenced. He had goods on us, just like he did when he went up there before Job. And God decreed and released. And I got better. 
I wasn't then coughing 200 times a day. I was coughing about 100 times a day. I'm still going to specialists. In March, they call me up, and one of the doctors, two of the doctors, didn't see this. But every, all the other tests were negative, negative, negative. We don't know why you're suffering like this. We don't know why you. But in March, one of the doctors, the allergist, she went through my whole record, and she found a lab result that came back that they had all missed. And it tested par positive. He says, don't get scared. Don't freak out on me now. This is a bad bug that we found. It's growing. We sent it to the Centers for Disease and Control. You're not contagious. You're not contagious. I just want you to know, I wouldn't have been out here if they said I was contagious. It can't be passed that way. It was Norcardia for Seneca. He said it's a superbug in the Norcardia family. There's really only one drug that will attack it and kill it. And he said the thing about it, it's so rare that people get it, only 500 to 1,000 cases in the world a year. I went to see the infectious disease doctor at, at Dartmouth-Hitchcock, and she is a global doctor. That means she goes to all the countries, so she's one of the best in the world. It was defying what she knew about disease. Hours, visits, on and on and on and on, and I'm still coughing up chunks. I can't tell you how many cups of this stuff they sent to labs. Yeah. The problem was nobody that's normally healthy, and they consider me healthy because my immune system is working. They did every test in the world. My immune system's working. They've never seen anybody get it, really. It's, it doesn't really happen to people that are healthy to get this bug. It happens to people with HIV or who've had blood transfusions who have their immune system suppressed. So they didn't really even have any facts on how it works in a person who has a good immune system. My body is fighting it. You understand? It's trying to kill it. We went to the courts of heaven. So now they don't know what to do because I try to take the medicine. I had an allergic reaction to it four hours after I took it. I said, well, what can you do? Does something else work? She said, not really. But the second thing is we would have to put a shunt in your chest, and you would have to come to the hospital and have it given intravenously. And I'm going to have you try it again just to make sure it wasn't a fluke, but I'd have you come in the hospital. We'll give you the meds, and we'll be on, on call to do this. And they knew it wasn't the best scenario, and they kept putting it off. You know, it's going to be next week, and then they go, well, we're going to wait and try this. Well, we're going to wait and try that. A few weeks ago, a whole bunch of other stuff happened during this time, guys. When I went in for an appointment, I had this lesion come up on my arm. It came up within four weeks. I was in there. She said, well, Narcardia can cause it. And if you have that, I want you to have that biopsied right now. And if it's in your system, we have to do the treatment. We'll have to do it because it can go to your brain and it can go systemic. They did the biopsy. It wasn't Narcardia lesion. It turns out to be a squamous uh, cell cancer, which is not basal cell. It's 
second under melanoma, and that too can go in your body. They said we have to exercise. We have to excise this. Now, I've been sick for months. I'm still coughing. They're not sure how I'm going to go under the meds to have this done, but they have to put me out because they have to take such a big section. And the plastic surgeon is working on this, and yada, yada, yada. And so I scheduled that too. And during the time, we go with my family to do our 50th anniversary. And this is my 50th year, and this is our jubilee year, and I am standing on the word. I took all sorts of stuff to try to keep my family from knowing how sick I was. I kept saying, Lonnie, I don't know if I'm going to make it. We'll just, he says, well, we'll just disappear and say we're going to go do something, and we'll go to bed. <laughs> but God graced me, and he helped me through that time. So I come back. I have the surgery July 9th. They take out all this stuff. It's still healing. It's going to take a few months to heal. But they did their job. They got it all. Amen? I come in here. Sean Wilder sent me a letter. We've been going to the courts of heaven. We, we did another one for the whole church. We took the church back to day one, and anybody that left here offended or had an issue, and we knew weren't resolved or still hatred or was going out. You know, it happens. If you've been a Christian 20, mi 20 minutes, stuff happens. But see, God gave us forgiveness and the word to humble our hearts. He doesn't believe on divorce. He believes in reconciliation, transformation, and that you work through it according and make him smile when we're done. Amen? Come on. We went through it again. We did it in April. We did it for the church. We went away for a week, and we fasted and prayed. It was beautiful. And now Sean Wilder writes me an email a few weeks ago. How many weeks ago? Maybe six weeks? Maybe six weeks ago. And he said, this happened. It was situations that were set up. He knew we'd been going before the divine courts of heaven waiting for God to release a decree that was in our favor. Over my health, once and for all, when is this coming to an end? Because my doctors don't know. They're scratching their heads. And the truth is they know. We're all saying they don't know. There's nothing that we know to do. We aren't doing it. John met with um, one of the Supreme Court um, judges, John Justice, one of the justices that lives, has a camp, has a home in New Hampshire. He was on the road home one night. It was raining, or about to rain, and they had a flat tire. So he pulled over, and it happens to be the Supreme Court Justice of the Supreme Court, see, of the United States. So, so listen, God speaks prophetically sometimes, and he gives you circumstances. We've been seeking it in the realm of the spirit. We can't see that. We see it by faith. We do what the word says by faith. But he runs into a Supreme Court justice, who's got a flat tire, and Sean gets to fix the flat tire. 
he jacks it up. They're waiting for AAA. A storm is coming. They've got their grandkids with them and all this stuff. They planted a good time. And here, their front tire blows. Anyway, he jacks it up. He fixes it. He has this experience. He goes and gets their thing. And they get on their way. And they get to start their party. And he interacts with them. And several other things happen. But at our Jubilee 50th anniversary, that was a prophetic service here. It wasn't just for Lonnie and I. It concerned the church, which means the church is you. It's not the building. It's you who filled the church, every one of you. And he talked, and he told the whole thing about the river, and he'd been praying it and declaring it. And he sent this two- or three-page email. And he said, I just sum it up, because I can't go into all of it. He said, I just sum it up to tell you that I believe God is hearing us. This is a sign from heaven above that we are about to get an answer. I took it by faith. I was excited. Four days later, I was out here. We went down to a church in Claremont that my daughter attends, and we went down for an evening service. She was leading worship. I was still believing for huh, a healing service. And I went down, and I was like, hey, I don't care where you heal me. I don't care where it is. In a bathroom, wherever, I've got to be healed. I kept saying, Lord, how is this going to look? I am the direct, one of the directors of the healing rooms of central Vermont right here in this church. We had a director meeting all the time I was sick. I didn't tell him where I was. Now, God knows it. I said, this is not looking good for you. I can't stop coughing. John has seen me hack it up in worship practice. I can't stop. I can't sing. I can't worship you, Lord. I don't have any energy. This doesn't look good for you. I'm believing for this. This is about your reputation. I'm not going to compromise. And he heard me. I wasn't complaining. I was just saying, are you, are you thinking about this? Because Moses did. He told God that, that this wouldn't be good for your reputation, that you took these people all the way out here and you can't deal with them. Come on. And I said, look, there are people are coming for the feast. I've got to get all these preparations. I've got, I've got to get some energy. My house is filthy. You guys don't think it is, but believe me, I know. It's spider poop in the corners. It's been bad. Come on. We're getting real today. If you're wondering what's going on, we're getting real today because God is saying, you've got to get real with me because I'm taking you somewhere that is going to just defy your imagination. You're going to say, I don't believe it. Can this be? How did this happen? And all that is is our lack of faith that we didn't know, our doubts, those things that come in and muddy the waters of the clarity of the river of God. So we go to the worship service, and before I got out, I was having side pain really bad. I know what that is. Because 10 years, 12 years ago, I had 18 inches of my colon removed after
after a four-year battle of diverticulitis. And I haven't had a symptom. I've been symptom-free ever since. But that side was hurting. It was a sign of an infection. They come on like that. And I was sick all night. By the time I got home, I couldn't go to the bathroom. By the time I got home, we drove home from Claremont. I'm just being real. I was filling the, blo- the toilet with blood. It was a bad one. I had stopped eating that day. It was friends and family. That's when it was, last, last month. Friends and family. I'd had lunch with y'all. We went down there. I went to the doctor first thing as soon as I opened to get the prescription. I self-diagnosed myself. They agreed, gave me some wicked Cipro. I use Cipro for Ebola and Flagyl for any gut infection, and it's a horrible medication, just that. And I was on a water fast, and I knew what it was, and I wasn't going to mess around with it. I was on a water-only fast from Sunday to Thursday night. No food of any kind, no broth, no nothing, water. Let me tell you, when you go on a real fast like that, your head clears up. The fog, the spiritual cloud was gone. As weak as I was from that and sick, but it started moving through. And that's the key, getting the stuff moving. So I was having, oh, and before 10.30 that night was over, I washed my face with my makeup transfer remover last night because I didn't have time to write the notes. I had pink eye. I had totally pink eye. When I woke up the next night, I thought I'd gotten some cleanser. My eye, it was pink eye. My eye was totally swollen shut, and I had to watch it to, in order to try and lift my lid up. Now, this is after everything else, and I'm telling you, when I got to this point, I'm not saying that I'm like Jesus. Please don't get me wrong, but I could relate to what he said, and I've been through a multitude of stuff, but after 10 months of the arm, the surgery, the cast, the everything, and I'm missing a whole bunch of other stuff I'm not even telling you about, through 10 months of this, and I've got, I go down to be healed, and I come home filling the toilet with blood, diverticulitis infection, pink eye. I can't wear any makeup. I had to wash my face. And you know what? I, I grew up in California. I didn't wear makeup since I was like 12. I was like, and Debbie's saying, uh, can you use mascara? I go, no, I have an infection. What are you talking about? I know I look bad, but just deal with it. <laughs> I was feeling for a moment what Jesus felt on the cross when he said, Father, have thou forsaken me? Why hast thou forsaken me? I've done everything I know. There's nothing more I know. Like, where are you? And I let that last for a moment. I let it last for a moment. And I got down with him, and we got on our knees and prayed. And I said, but no matter what you do, I will not say you aren't the God of the universe who can do all things and nothing is impossible. No matter what happens, no matter what I have to walk through, 
I declare that you are who you say you are. And you are the healer. And you are the provider. We will not turn our backs. We will not change what we say about you. That Sunday, I came out here. This was just a couple of weeks ago. I came out here, and I was so weak. Lonnie says, you should stay home. I go, nope, I'm coming to church. I said, just uh, Judy knows I won't be playing because my arm, uh, nobody will know the difference, and I'm going to sit right here. You walk me across. I was too weak to walk, and I said, you walk me back home. I just had some broth for two days, one cup of broth, rich organic chicken broth. I'd been on a fast for a week, a real fast. I sat here, and Lonnie helped me home. Nobody knew the difference. They just thought I had something stupid. That day we went home. I was laying down. Just two weeks ago, and Lonnie and I were talking and praying and chasing the Lord, and we were both getting a feeling we were to go to the ocean. I'm still having diarrhea. How am I going to go two hours on a ride to the ocean? We literally, I said, this can't be God. I, I don't know getting wrong, but no, he kept impressing. I want you to go to the ocean. So I said, well, okay, map out the bathroom because, you know, and I'm going to bring towels. I mean, it could be messy. Come on, we're getting real here, but this was the nitty-gritty of it. Do you live real lives? Sometimes it's faith is it, bloody hand-to-hand combat with the enemy. And I said, maybe the pooping questions. I, I don't but we, there weren't any. I didn't care how I was getting, but we packed up the car. I couldn't eat anything. You know, he was fasting along with me, uh, not quite to that degree, but we'd been fasting that whole week. And we got in the car. We just grabbed a few things. We had tried to Google a place because we knew I'd go. We were going to spend the night there. But it's tourist season. It was when it was 90 degrees two weeks ago. Remember, everybody was at the ocean. There were every place we were calling, he says, well, let's just go. We'll find something. We'll find something. If it's him, we'll find something. We found the last room on York Beach that was right across from the ocean where we could look at the ocean from our room. I mean, we were impressed that we had to be looking at the ocean. Okay. We went, but this room was on the third floor. It was actually actually the third uh, banister because there were three, but in order, there was no... There was no um, stair. Uh, there were no elevator, and you had the way they had landings. It was so steep. There were four sets of stairs to get to the third floor. I said, I can't help you carry anything up, Lonnie. I'm too weak. I don't know how I'm going to make it, but you're going to help me get up there. And I'm going to pray for you to bring the stuff up. We didn't have Ben to help us. We were on an adventure with God to obey him, to do what he asked us to do. We got up there. It was clean. The guy, I said, it's got to be clean. I can't have any smelly stuff, please, sir. 
it's clean. We just did these. It's all new. It's fresh paint. Okay, great. And it was. It was clean. It was very modest. But it was clean, and it was the last room on the third floor. Pastor's been showing me that. The earthly realm is the earth. Second area of heavens is the second heavens where the enemy likes to hang out and mess with things. And the third heaven is heaven, the third realm. I'm giving you prophetic insights. We were on the third realm, and we knew it. God is here. He's going to speak to us. I don't know what he's going to say. That night, the battle was so intense, the spiritual warfare. We prayed over the room and everything else. Lonnie was wiped out by 9 o'clock. He fell asleep. I was alone waiting to take all my pills that were 24-7 to, to end this infection. I prayed. We didn't even have uh, Wi-Fi. It wasn't working. You know, it was God and us only. So I prayed. We got up at 6.30 because the sun was blasting in the room. We couldn't have slept if we wanted to. We got up, and there were two chairs in there, and we put them in front of the sliding door that looked at the ocean, and we opened up the door. It was so hot by that time already. It was 93 that day in New York Beach, unheard of. And we set those chairs there, and we looked out. And we began to pray. We prayed together, and then we stopped praying, and we were like, you know, I, we were talking, and we were talking very intimately. I will share a very small portion of this, because it's right before what happened. I was just saying, you know, God brought us here to the ocean. I mean, he's not really telling us. Why, how, what? We're, we're here, Lord. <laughs> it is beautiful. I love the smell. The salt air. And Lonnie said, well, maybe it's the salt air from the beach. And I said, yep, maybe. And I said, well, Lonnie, Wednesday, during the midst of this sickness and this fast, this would be the third day. Okay, don't fall asleep on me now. Because uh, I'm about to tell you what he did. I said, Lonnie, I got up and I went down as I do. I come down the hallway every morning and I pray over the church first thing. I pray over the school. If anybody's out there, I pray over the whole staff. I come how I do and I make a cup of coffee and then I start my Monday. You know, that's not all the prayers, but that's what I do. And I said, when I went to the window and I looked down, I saw you on the deck, Lonnie. This morning, it was late. You know, it was probably 8.30 or 9. And I knew he'd gotten up at 4 o'clock. And I knew he'd been down there praying with that stuff. And it was almost five hours. I knew that. But he had us head down. He was crying out to God. I didn't cry when I told him it was his I just was saying, Lord, that's why I come to help people. And I said, Lonnie, when I saw you down there, I didn't see you as my husband. I saw you as a man of God. And a faithful servant of prayer. 
There's a word, a scripture. Your faithful prayers. The righteous man. Availeth much. And as I saw him there, and I realized he was actually praying for me at the time. And I suddenly could, like, feel his prayers coming into my body in a way I'd never experienced before. And I was telling him, I said, Lonnie, I really thought I was going to be healed that day. I thought I was going to be healed, yet my symptoms continued. In fact, they got worse in my coughing. And I said, you know, I, I claimed my healing, nonetheless, as I do every day. But I said, Lonnie, I just want to thank you because I said nobody knows what we've been through but really God. Nobody knows it. We've been here every night for the whole year. And as I was saying it, we were looking out at the ocean. An earthquake happened. The building began to shake. I told you earlier, I'm from California. I've been through hundreds of earthquakes here. And it was a small one like we have around New England. And the building began to shake like this. Because we were on the top floor, the higher you are in a building, the more movement you get. The mini earthquakes. And we looked at him and we said, Lonnie, there's an earthquake happening here. I said, wow. And as I looked at him, and it lasted almost 40 seconds, I said, that was very long. I figured it was probably two and a half on the Richter scale somewhere, depending on where it was. But the fact that it went long, in California, the longer they go, the more furious they are. <laughs> and I said, that really lasted a long time. I'm looking at him. He's in this chair. I'm in this one. And I'm looking at him. And then as I'm saying it, it starts in again. So there were two deafening, you know, within seconds apart. And that one lasted another 25 seconds. And I go, wow. Lord, you brought us down here to like, we were just talking and reflecting about you and you're having this earthquake. It's a sign of something. Um, we're going to get in the word. We can't eat. We're going to get in the word. And I said, that's going to be in the news. We've got to see where this was. So we waited about an hour. Lonnie, we finally, the guy got the Wi-Fi working in our room. And there was nothing online. So we waited about four hours. There was nothing online. We waited to the evening. But by noon, this is like, I don't know, by that time it was around 8.39 in the morning. I wrote, I wrote all the notes down. But Lonnie said, Pastor, did you notice that you, you haven't coughed? Lonnie, you haven't coughed. I said, I know. I was hoping it wasn't just me thinking that. My meds were completely done. I'd finished all the meds from the diverticulitis. But, you know, it takes five to six weeks to get over an episode. I said, Lonnie, I'm not having any pain in my side. I said, I feel like I, I don't feel sick. I was still weak from the fast. Do you follow me? Because I hadn't had any food, and that's going to happen. I was weak from that. I hadn't. I said, and I feel starving. I feel like I could eat a horse. 
and I go, you, you can't let me eat anything but data. I, I have to eat like a tablespoon of food. Here, I just worked this out. I've been on a fast for over a week, eight days. It was on the eighth day that the building shook. And we waited till the evening, and we watched the news, and I said, Lonnie, get on there to the seismic station we've looked before that records every and all seismic activity in the world, not just America. There was no earthquake in the natural world. But God shook that building and provided an earthquake as a sign at the time of the healing. And I'll tell you, I went out that night, and I had some liquids, and I ordered some fresh haddock they just pulled in, and I had a piece of it about that big. I had no response from my body. I want to tell you, Jesus Christ, Father God, has healed me. He has healed me. He has healed me. My doctor called and said, oh, I forgot to tell you about the bronchoscopy I had. And did you know what? They put me out for surgery, and they didn't give. I had to go through that with my head covered and my vocal cords completely numbed to where I couldn't tell them or move during that when they sent the tube down in my lungs to do a biopsy and take samples. That happened about a week before I got the diverticulitis. And I was traumatized from that. I had no pain. They did not get put me out for it. I was awake, and I could not tell them. That was some more of the God forsaken. Have you left me? Why would I have to go through that? And I told my doctor about it, and he was upset. But what could he do? That was post-operation. <laughs> you know, that's when you hear this whole thing, when I really was dying. But before I go public with it, I had to tell my children, and I had to tell you now. I have been healed in Jesus' name. And it's been over 10 months. And the bacteria, the other bacteria they found from the other samples, I don't care what it is. It's gone. It's done. I'm finished. I'm eating. I'm going to enjoy this meal with you today. Now, the other story, I can liken it to, and there's plenty of things where Peter, or, uh, Paul and Silas were in prison, and the building shook with an earthquake, and they were freed. Come on. I'm telling you, there's word, chapter, and verse. You just read about it in Acts chapter 12. And, and Peter, too. But I want to tell you, we'll, we'll further this, but there's another story. And it's in Naaman's in the Old Testament. And this is what I want to tell you if you get nothing else out today. God may ask you to do some strange stuff. Naaman was a captain of a Syrian army. They'd been wreaking havoc on Israel. He was well-respected, but he, had, he came down with leprosy. There's no cure for leprosy in the Bible. Uh-uh. You either get healed or you die of it. And it's a bloody mess. Your flesh begins to rot off your body. He was well-respected in his country, and they had taken slaves from Israel, and there was a little girl, slave, a little Israelite girl, who was waiting on his wife. And she said, oh, mistress, I, I wish master was 
was in Samaria because there's a prophet down there that could cure him of that. If he was just there, well, word got out. King of Syria sent a letter to the king of Israel and said, look, we hear that you can cure. We're bringing you gold and we're bringing you ten new sets of clothes, free outfits and everything, and I'm sending over my man, and would you do this thing? And the king of Israel gets freaked out. He's like, I don't know how to heal people of leprosy. What is this about? And Elisha, the prophet, hears about it, and he says, Oh, king, just send them over to my house. Send them down here, to, uh, send them down here, and I'll take care of it. So the king's ready to get that off his hands, and he sends Naaman and his servants, and he came with an entourage, you know, to bring all this gold and the stuff. And they went down there, and he went to Elisha's house, but Elisha sent his servant, his servant out, and he said, um, I know why you're here, and uh, Elisha, the prophet, says to go down to the Jordan River and dip yourself and wash yourself off seven times. Go in seven times and rinse off. Well, everybody knows that the Jordan River was the dirtiest river in all of Israel, filthiest, contaminated. They even knew it then. Naaman got upset. He got to raging. He was so mad. He says, I came all this way, and he tells me to go down to the filthy river and dip myself seven times? Are you kidding me? He wouldn't even come out of his house. And in the Bible, he tells them, he wouldn't even come out and say anything to me in person or, like, wave his hand around. Read about it. Second Kings. Second Kings chapter 2. Read the story. And he went away raging, and he was walking off. And, I mean, you know, we give hand signals to people when we're that mad, okay? I mean, he was, he was he's human. I don't know what the signal of the day was in his time, but he was raging and insulted at the stupidity. I came all this way. I'm not doing it. But his servants convinced him, well, look, look. If they told you to do some great thing to get healed, would you have done it? And he's like, yeah. Well, then even all the more to go down there. Just, just go do it. Go try it. We're here. So they convince him, and he goes down, and he dips himself seven times. And guess what? The Bible tells us, I believe it's in uh, verse 18 or 17 or 18, he t- in, in chapter 5 of Second Kings, that he comes up out of the water and his skin is like a child's skin, like a baby's skin. He's brand new. He's healed. Some of us need healing, Norm. Some of us need healing, Sandra. Some of you need healing you've been waiting for for years. And some of it isn't just physical healing. Some of it is, like Sean said, my mind has got to be healed. I've got to be changed. Things have to change. I've got to be healed. I'm carrying this baggage. I'm carrying these scars. I'm carrying these wounds. But God might just tell you to dip in the filthiest river when your open sores and your flesh is rotting, or he sends two crazy people who will obey him. What if we hadn't obeyed him? It seemed silly. It seemed ridiculous. I have diarrhea. How am I going to get to the ocean? Do you hear me? But we went, and we had peace, perfect peace, because we'd obeyed God. He obeyed God. And God may tell you to do something crazy. He may not. 
This isn't always the way healing comes. He heals in many, many ways. But if he's telling you to do something in these days, we are entering into a prophetic season that this kind of stuff should be happening. I loved what you said. The new Norman, the new normal. It should be normal in the house of God. And we are entering in where fire from heaven comes to break the powers of darkness. And that witchcraft is going to be coming to an end. And that every Jezebel spirit that rises up against the prophets of God when they speak the word, Jezebel and her witchcraft is coming down in Jesus' name. And pastor and the leaders of this church are calling a fast. We are going to start a fast the beginning next week. You're going to hear it. We're going to call an Isaiah 58 fast. And if you, you know, it may be food. It may be that you just stop dealing with your mouth and running your mouth in negative ways. Come on. (coughs) Do you hear me? It may just be that. Come on. Devil didn't like that. <coughs> Here's my but I will prophesy it is in this season that you're walking into. Do you hear me? And the witchcraft is coming down. And it's going to be broken over the nation of the United States of America. I didn't just wear my neck ties and you should worship my neck ties. I love the nation that God birthed me in. And I'm not going to complain about it. And my sister just became a new citizen from Jamaica. Yeah. I'm not going to complain about the brokenness of it. I'm going to be part of the solution. And I hope that you will too. And God said to pray for our leaders, and I'm going to pray for President Trump. And I'm going to love him as best as I know how. He is a broken man. He's not a perfect man. But the word of God says he chooses the king. And he's our choice from God right now. God is on the throne. <coughs> and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to keep praying for him, and I hope you will too. Because he, he tells us, whether you, it doesn't matter what you think. Don't think selfishly. He's the man at the helm, and he needs all the help that we can get. Because we do believe that all hell is trying to break against America. This country was founded on the principles of God and Jesus Christ. I don't care what they say. I don't care what they say and the myths that they try to propagate. But it's going to come forward because we're going to be a praying people. And we're going to obey God. Thank you, Pastor Ann. I love you. So as we come to a close, I'm sorry it took so long, but I needed to know. I need to hear prophetic words spread from heaven. We're about to eat the beautiful food that you prepared and to go out and enjoy the wondrous work that my sisters and all those people in the in the kitchen have worked so hard. Thank you for coming back and hearing this word because it's not just in the hearing. It says faith comes by hearing, but there's also the tr- spirit of transference, and I'm sowing seed into your heart for the miracles that are about to happen in your lives and in the life of the people of God over the face of the earth. In Jesus' name, we pray. May you be blessed, and may you go out and release the gates and share with everyone. In Jesus' name, I bless you all. It's time. Bless that food, Father, in Jesus' name. Supernaturally, in our hearts together, Father, I ask you to bless every person that's prepared the food. Bless Keith, 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 wherever Keith is. 
Bless Chris and his family, Father. Thank you for all of those that have purposed to serve this household. Bless you, Nancy, back there. Blessing to see you, Pastor. Make sure as the people come in for the food bank, there'll probably be some food left over. Make sure you have some conversation with them. Get their names, pray for them. They love you. We'll be starting that fast next week. We'll make it known. God's going to be preparing us. It's already taking place for the September 23rd. September 23rd through the 30th is the tabernacle day. Set that time aside. We've got a whole bunch of new folks that are coming, and it's important that you set that time aside to be here because you minister to them as much as they minister to you. Amen? So we love you, and we bless you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. So make sure that you get here.